the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. News. WTBN. Pinellas Park. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. With all the sin and failure that I have in my life and you have in your life, the sin that for a believer grieves our hearts, it's a, it's a burden to us. How can we be men and women after God's own heart? Because I think David gives us hope. David gives us hope that with all of our struggles, all of our failures and sin, we can still be men and women after God's own heart. It's a, it's a, it's a great encouragement to us. Hello, this is Peter Silseth, and I am pleased to introduce Pastor Steve Kreloff, the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Today, Pastor Steve is starting a very interesting series on one of the greatest men in the Bible, King David. He will be walking us through each phase of David's life as he learned to cope with the challenges God laid before him in order for him to be the greatest king in Israel. David was a young man no different than any other young man of his day. He wasn't perfect, he was disobedient, and he disappointed God at times. He even committed terrible sins. But from his childhood, David had a will and a desire to please God above all else. His determination to be used by God led him to be identified by God himself as a man after God's own heart a statement never repeated about anyone mentioned in the scripture. Now, let's get into today's class. We're going to study a character in the Bible for our next series of studies. And of all the characters mentioned in the Word of God, there's only one, just one, who's referred to as a man after God's own heart. And that one man is David, King David. His story is found in the Old Testament books of First and Second Samuel as God takes him from being a, a shepherd boy, a shepherd over, over sheep, and elevates him to be the shepherd king of Israel. Now, you may not realize it, but David was one of the most versatile of all men, multi-talented man. Not only was he a shepherd, but he was also a musician. He was a poet. He wrote over 70 psalms, in God's word, over 70 are attributed to David. He was also a great warrior, the greatest warrior that, that Israel has ever had. He was a war hero. He was also Israel's greatest king, and every king, or just about, well, I shouldn't say every, but almost every king in the line of Judah is compared back to, to David. And they usually say that um, uh, this man was not like David, who was fully devoted to the Lord. Also, he was the ancestor of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, Jesus is referred to as the son of David. But I want you to know that none of these talents, none of these accomplishments are as meaningful as the fact that God calls him a man after his own heart. A man after his own heart. He said that in the Old Testament. He said it also in Acts chapter 
13 in the New Testament. But what does that mean? What does it mean to be a man after God's own heart? Well, it means that David had godly qualities, godly character qualities. Uh, we would say that, for example, uh, if, if we meet somebody who we, who we uh, like the way they think because they think like us, we agree with them on something, they're similar to us, we would say, hey, that's a man after my own heart. And what we're really saying is that he's just like me. Well, that's what God is saying. Certainly, David wasn't perfect like God, but God saw in him certain qualities that were like him. And he said, he's a man after my own heart. This morning, we want to begin a study of the life of David in order for us to discover, really, what, what compelled God to call him a man after his own heart? Because that could be a surprising statement. If you know your Bibles, then you know uh, that David sometimes was a man against God's heart. He was not a man who was always like God. Sometimes he was really against God's heart. During his lifetime, he was uh, guilty of such pride that in numbering Israel, God's judgment fell upon 70,000 Jewish people. His passion led him into an adulterous affair with Bathsheba, and then when he couldn't cover up her pregnancy, he made sure that her husband, Uriah the Hittite, was killed in battle. At times, David was, uh, had a weakness for women. At times, he acted rashly. He was really a poor father. At times, he neglected his children. At times, he didn't discipline his children like he should have. And as a result, his children caused him much grief and much heartache. One raped a half-sister. Another was a murderer. There was a political rebellion in the family. And, and David wasn't always a man after God's own heart. Sometimes David sinned. But with all of these sins and, and failures in his life, Yet God calls him a man after his own heart. Now, why? Why would, why would God do this? And, and most importantly, with all the sin and failure that I have in my life and you have in your life, the sin that for a believer it grieves our hearts, it's a, it's a burden to us. How can we be men and women after God's own heart? Because I think David gives us hope. David gives us hope that with all of our struggles, all of our failures and sin, that we can still be men and women after God's own heart. It's a, it's, a, it's a great encouragement to us. A great encouragement. And that's what we want to study. How? How in the midst of our failures, our sins, can we still be men and women after God's own heart? That's what we're going to study. And our story begins, not really with David, but with the man who was king before him, the first king of Israel, King Saul. And I would like you to turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel. Just get ready for 1 Samuel. And you may wonder, where is 1 Samuel? So let me tell you. You start at the Old Testament. You're going to go through the first five books of the Bible, the, uh, the law. Then you'll come to Joshua. And you'll come to Judges. And you'll come to the little book of Ruth. And then finally, you will come to 1 Samuel. Now, where are we in history? Where are we in history? We're at the time of the, of the Judges. The time of the judges was a time where God raised up kind of local sheriffs to deliver Israel. There was much, much sin. And when Israel was in sin, God uh, allowed and sent their enemies to, uh, to attack and to, to put them in oppression and to dominate them. When they cried out to God uh, because of their oppression, God sent a deliverer, raised up uh, a leader who would deliver them, really a military leader. 
And that's, that's where we are. We're also, it might be helpful to keep in mind that uh, chronologically, you can think of the Old Testament in these terms, it'll help you. The time of Abraham, the call of the Jewish nation, was about uh, 2000 BC, roughly. The time of Moses was about roughly 1500 BC. The time of David is about 1000 BC. So that might, that might help you. But in 1 Samuel, the story opens up the wonderful, wonderful story of a godly woman named Hannah who's asking God to give her a son. She was childless, she wanted a son, and she asked God to give her a son, and uh, God does. And this son turns out to be Samuel. Samuel is the last of Israel's judges. He's a transitional character in the Bible. He's also uh, a prophet. He's also a priest, very unique man. But after ruling Israel for many years, Samuel's growing older, and normally the leadership would uh, be passed on to the, to the sons, or a son. But this was not to be the case in Samuel's situation. So 1 Samuel chapter 8 tells us this, beginning at, at verse 1. It came about when Samuel was, was old that he appointed his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second, Abijah, and they were judging in Beersheba. His sons, however, did not walk in his ways, but turned aside after dishonest gain and took bribes and perverted justice. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. And they said to him, Behold, you've grown old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint a king for us to judge us like all the nations. Samuel, you're growing old. Your sons are not godly like you. Give us a king like everybody else has around us. In other words, we want a five-star general. We want a great military leader. Every other nation has a strong, impressive man to lead them. We want a king like everybody else. Give us someone like that. Chuck Swindoll, in his study on the life of David, said this, they wanted to be like the other nations. What they had forgotten is that the other nations were headed for hell. They wanted to be like everybody else. Now, how did Samuel feel? Well, verse 6 tells us this. But the thing was displeasing in the sight of Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, listen to the voice of the people in regard to all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. Like all the deeds which they've done since the day that I brought them up from Egypt, even to this day, in that they have forsaken me and served other gods, so they are doing to you also. Now then listen to their voice. However... You shall solemnly warn them and tell them of the procedure of the king who will reign over them. And then God goes on to explain how bad it will be with the king that they wanted. And so let's, let's jump down to verse 18. Then you, then you will cry out in that day, this is Samuel and God telling him what to tell the people, because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves, but the Lord will not answer you in that day. Nevertheless, the people refused to listen to the voice of Samuel, and they said, no, but there shall be a king over us. In other words, God is saying, you tell them how difficult it's going to be. And they say, we don't care. We want a king over us. Verse 20, that we may be like all the nations that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. Now, after Samuel had heard all the words of the people, he repeated them in the Lord's hearing. And the Lord said to Samuel, listen to their voice and appoint them a king. So Samuel said to the men of Israel, go every man to his city. They would live to regret having this type of a king. Now, the question is, was it wrong for them to ask for a king? Well, yes and no. 
uh, in God's plan for Israel, God had always planned to give them a king. How do we know that? Because two reasons. Number one, back in Genesis, when God calls Abraham and the Abrahamic covenant, he said, Abraham, there will be kings who will come from your loins. God had always planned that there would be kings coming from, from Abraham ruling over Israel. Secondly, in Deuteronomy 17, God laid down uh, certain standards for a king. He said, for example, a king shall not have many wives. The king will not have many wives. The king will not trust in, in uh, horses and chariots and things like that. The king will not have much money. That, that type of thing. God laid down the, the rules for a king. So it was always in God's plan to have a king. Then what was wrong in them asking for a king? Well, what was wrong is their heart's attitude. Their heart's attitude. They didn't think that God was enough. They didn't think that God was enough. They wanted a human being to fight for them and lead them to victory. They refused to wait on God for his timing to raise up the kind of king who would be godly. So they got the type of king that they wanted. His name was Saul. And we read about him in chapter 9, verse 2. Speaking of, of his father, it said, And he had a son whose name was Saul, a choice and a handsome man. And there was not a more handsome person than he among the sons of Israel. From his shoulders up, he was taller than any of the people. Saul became the new king. He was tall. He was handsome. He was impressive. They, they got what they wanted. Someone tall, dark, and handsome who would be impressive to them. But inwardly, Saul was small. And inwardly, Saul was ugly, and he was a little man inwardly, and eventually his heart revealed his selfishness, his jealousy, he had fits of depression, egotistic, paranoid, prone to violence, and as Saul's weak character began to show itself in disobedience to God, the Bible depicts the Lord as now searching the nation, looking for a worthy replacement and a successor to Saul. We jump from chapter 9 to chapter 13 because our study is really not on Saul, though we obviously have to deal with Saul. But in chapter 13, verse 13, Samuel said to Saul, and this is after disobedience and Saul's ugly nature coming through. He said to Saul, you have acted foolishly. You have not kept the commandments of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not endure. The Lord has sought out for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has appointed him as ruler over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Now, in reality, God had already in eternity past picked out David. He had already picked out and chosen David to be his king. But in the realm of, of human language, God communicated the concept of looking for the right kind of person and then finding him in David. So it's in the realm of human language. In reality, God had already picked him out, selected him, chosen him, uh, formed him even in his mother's womb. But God is communicating so that we might understand, and it's in the sense of a graphic picture of God searching the nation and finally picking or choosing, finding the right person. In fact, in Psalm 89, verse 20, you don't need to turn there, we read this. I have found David my servant. With my holy oil I have anointed him. And so in, in keeping with human uh, language and the language of Scripture, God found him. Now, what was he looking for? What was God looking for as he searched the hearts of individuals in Israel? He was looking for someone, and he found someone who was a man after his own heart. That's what he's looking for as he searches our lives. 
That's what he's looking for as he searches our hearts. What does he see when he looks into your heart? Does he see a man after God's own heart? Does he see a woman after God's own heart? Does he see a young person after God's own heart? What did he find when he, when he looked into David's heart? Well, that's our study this morning. What is it that's in the heart of somebody who is a man or a woman after God's own heart? This morning, I present to you three heart qualities of someone who is a man or a woman after God's own heart. The first quality is humility. Humility. Let's turn to chapter 16. Humility. And that's really where David comes into to play. A man after God's own heart is the character quality of humility. Verse 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go and I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. For I have selected a king for myself among his sons. After God's official rejection of Saul as king, the Lord instructed Samuel to go to Bethlehem in order to anoint one of, of Jesse's sons to be the new king. There was a man named Jesse who lived in Bethlehem. One of his sons, Samuel doesn't know which one, one of his sons is the new king. So Samuel goes there. In other words, the, the thought is this. Saul was the people's choice, even though God said, here's the man. They got what they wanted. But now in the new king, God would give them what his, who his choice was. God would give them the one he had selected, the right type of king. They had an opportunity. They blew it. Now let me show you the kind of king that I want for you. Uh, verses 4 and 5. So Samuel did what the Lord said, and he came to Bethlehem, and the elders of the city came trembling to meet him and said, do you come in peace? And he said, in peace, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord, consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. He also consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. Now, the elders of Bethlehem were afraid because when Samuel usually showed up in your town, it was to pronounce judgment from God. And so they're concerned. Uh, are you going to do that on us? And, and God said, uh, Samuel said, no, no, I've come in peace. I've come to sacrifice uh, to the Lord. And uh, really, in the process of sacrificing to the Lord, he had come to, uh, to find which one would be the, the king. And he would anoint that one, and uh, eventually he would be the king. Now, Jesse had several sons. Several sons, and when they assembled before Samuel, one of them immediately caught the eye of Samuel. Verse, verse 6. And it came about when they entered, that is, they entered the room, that he looked at Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Why was Samuel so impressed with, with Eliab? Verse 7 tells us, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. Well, Samuel should have known better than this. Eliab was just like Saul, tall. He was, he was the oldest. He was good looking, just like Saul. And Eliab looked like he'd make a good replacement for Saul. But what impressed Samuel did not impress God. Samuel should have known better. Should have known better. And here's the reason he didn't impress God. The end of verse 7, a key verse in the Bible. He said, don't look at his appearance or the height of his stature. I've rejected him for God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. What a great verse. What a, what a tremendous, tremendous verse. We tend to be impressed with the outward 
We tend to be impressed with physical appearance. We tend to be impressed with size. We tend to be in, impressed with looks. We tend to be impressed with educational credentials, with charismatic personalities. We tend to be impressed with those who are talented, those who are outgoing, those who are physically attractive to us. But God says, that's not what I look at. You may be impressed with that, but I look at the heart. And I'm telling you, as I look at Eliab's heart, he doesn't cut it. He doesn't cut it. I'm looking at his innermost being, and that's really what the heart is, the inner quality, the inner character. And this guy doesn't have it. He doesn't have the character qualities necessary to be my king. And so Jesse the father then parades his other sons before Samuel, verses 8 through 10. And Jesse called... Uh, Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel and he said neither has the Lord chosen this one now Jesse next Jesse made Shammah pass by and he said neither has the Lord chosen this one thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel but Samuel said to Jesse the Lord has not uh, chosen these so Samuel must have been puzzled you've, you've shown me your sons and not one of them is the right one and so verse 11 Samuel said to Jesse are these all the children and he said there remains yet the youngest, and behold, he's tending the sheep. Then Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance, and the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of, of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward, and Samuel arose and went to, to Ramah. With these words, we're introduced to David. Never have we heard of David before in the Bible. With these words, we're introduced to him. He was the youngest of Jesse's sons, and apparently Jesse kind of forgot about him. He's just a kid. He's the youngest. What would you possibly want with him? He's young. He's out taking care of the sheep. And uh, he's not significant enough to even invite here to see if he's going to be the king. In fact, in the, the Hebrew word for youngest, sometimes, sometimes that word carries the thought of insignificance. I'm not sure if that's the case here. It might be. Certainly, his father, Jesse, wasn't too impressed with the youngest. He was just the youngest, the forgotten one. Out in the field taking care of the little woolies. And uh, who, who would have thought that David would be anything but a teenage shepherd? He's about 16 years old at this point, uh, scholars tell us. He's just a kid. He's just a kid. But when he comes into the room, God makes it clear to Samuel, this is the one. I don't care how young he is. I don't care that he's forgotten by his father and his brothers who didn't care for him either. This is the one. So Samuel anoints him. God's spirit comes upon him to empower him. And then Samuel leaves. And you know what? David was good looking too. He's a good looking young man. He had red hair, said he was, he was ruddy, that means red. He had his soft eyes, but behind his external beauty, God saw a heart that was, for one thing, very, very humble. You have been listening to Verse by Verse, a daily radio Bible class led by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Here is Pastor Steve with some words on how you can help keep these Bible classes on the air. I'm Pastor Steve Kreloff with a special message about why people like you choose to support Verse by Verse with their prayers and financial gifts. 
There was a man who uh, was in touch with us and said he uh, had come to faith in Christ as a result of the verse-by-verse series that we did on Romans and what it means to be justified by faith. We're trying to have lives changed by the teaching of the Word of God. We think there's no substitute for that. If you've been blessed through verse by verse, please consider supporting this ministry with prayer and your financial gifts. You can call 727-441-1714. That's 727-441-1714. Or drop us a line at P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. That's P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. Thank you, Pastor Steve. You know, David was content doing as his father requested, watch the sheep. When danger would arise, the shepherd, whether as a boy or a man, had to protect the sheep. David had proven himself in that capacity at least twice by fighting a bear and a lion. David was brave and courageous, but unknown and out of the limelight of Israel's leaders. Jesse, David's father, didn't even consider him worthy to be called home at Samuel's request. But what man thinks to be small or insignificant, God sees as potential greatness. God saw the inside of David when everyone else was looking at his outward appearance, and so God looks on us in the same way today. Until next time, think about being a man or woman after God's own heart. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, this there's a lot going on right now. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.